of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Happy Monday out there. Let's bring on our guy from Omaha World, Harold Evan Bland. Evan, happy Super Bowl week. Here we go. Let's do it. it it's going to be uh, it'd be a lot of fun, be a lot of talk. Obviously, we know that you're not a huge Chiefs fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As being a, a Broncos fan, I want to ask you about that. You got Sean Payton. Yes, that's true. Uh, first of all, it always reminds me how I think I think it's just such a weird practice that you have to tr- give up draft picks for it is. Uh, to, to acquire a coach, especially a coach who's not even coaching. But it's just the way that it goes, and you know, you, you lose a first rounder for it. I suppose that's that's fine. You know, it, it, in some ways, it sort of reminds me of the Nebraska discussion in Denver, where their last few head coaches have been guys who were maybe you know hot coordinators or whatever, and who were taking on that responsibility of a head man for the first time and it just it doesn't go well a lot of the time and, and I think that's what uh, what Denver had experienced and so to bring in a guy like Peyton who's one at the highest level uh, is a good start you know I don't know that him coming in suddenly means that that uh, he'll have the same sort of simpatico relationship that he had with Drew Brees that he'll have with Russell Wilson I still think uh, you know that's a big problem you know if he can make Russell Wilson fix Russell Wilson, get him better, um, you know, whatever, then then I'm sure he's worth it, worth the picks, worth the money. Um, I just I need to see it on the field before I believe um, that that particular quarterback is their, is their answer. But, um, you know, again, Peyton's a guy who's done it before. He's, he's, uh, he's worked with quarterbacks at a high level. So I'll be uh, cautiously optimistic as a Bronco fan, even though it doesn't change the reality that, uh, Patrick Mahomes is still in his mid twenties, and the <laughs> yeah. Chiefs are still in the same division, and that's going to be a tough, tough ride. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it's definitely a heavy quarterback division, and it depend also depending on who the Raiders end up getting with Carr, maybe you know taking the move on as well. So, hey, Evan, we're also we're eleven days away uh, from baseball. That gets me all fired up. Uh, and looking at it, okay, eleven days away, but I, I think something so interesting. They named their captains. And it's the who's who of Nebraska baseball, right? You look at that that leadership group. Um, what what does that tell you about Nebraska baseball when you look at that? When you have a core leadership group with those five kids? Well, I mean, it's it's there's a lot of sort of themes there. I mean, everybody, I think four of the five, with the exception of Bryce Matthews, are fifth year guys. Um, three of them. Uh, are in-staters, Kyle Perry, Shea Shanneman, and Griffin Everett. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just it tells you that in a year when there's a bunch of turnover, like <clears throat> the, the guys um, who have been there still have a lot of value. And I think it, it, it resonates and, and sort of backs what we've heard from players even this spring, which is 
like those guys have set the tone and made it okay and made it easier for the freshmen, for the junior college players, for the transfers to come in and do their thing. And I, I think, you know, you think about any job that you're in. When If you come in and you're part of a team and the people that are established are welcoming you in and they're allowing you to, to maximize your potential, like that just makes for a better culture, a better operation. And I think, uh, you know, this was something that was an especially big emphasis from last year when it was sort of this weird situation where Nebraska had a lot of older guys and then they had a lot of freshmen, but not a lot of guys in the middle. It was a quieter team. They didn't necessarily like each other as much as maybe the 2021 uh, team did. So I think that all sort of um, plays into it a little bit. But I think to, I think back to what Will Bolt told me a couple of years ago, which was, I mean, he brought back captains in 2021. Before that, you have to go back to the early 2000s, the last time Nebraska baseball officially named captains. And what Will Bolt said, what kind of was the, the thought behind that was, if you don't, designate those roles and be intentional with peer leadership player leadership then oftentimes it goes unfulfilled like you just you can't just assume that it's going to happen naturally and so they like to appoint these guys so they you know they 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 assume that responsibility and it becomes official and 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 and, and that sort of thing so yeah i think having those guys many of whom have been in the program from i think all of them for multiple years um most of them in college baseball now for that extra year uh, it is. It, it's a valuable thing, and, and now you know you see how it translates onto the field here coming up. But I think it's a good start that that sort of indicates that the culture and sort of the inner workings of the team is closer to what it was in 2021 when it was so great, um, as opposed to maybe on the other end of the spectrum last season. Yeah, you know, and also in some of those, a couple of those, especially uh, with the arm depth that it looks like Nebraska has, a couple of those guys are going to take different roles, and they're still your captains because there's a potential of that Shea has a different role. What he's made a ton of starts on weekends, and you got Kyle Perry. Uh, what does that say about those two individuals as well? Because they're going to take not a back seat, but just different roles and try to lead this team. Totally. No, that's that's a, a great point. I mean, Shanneman and Perry were two of your weekend guys last year, mm-hmm. and I think it's some people who maybe are wired differently would say, "Hey, this is my last year. Uh, I want to be in the rotation. I think I can do this." And they are able to step back and look at this in a way that, <laughs> objectively, where they can say, look, we have some other really talented starters. Emmett Olson is, is going to be a, a good Friday night guy. Um, Jace Kaminska, who comes in, is a quality transfer weekend starter. And so those, those guys, Perry and Shannon, are able to, to assess the roster honestly and look at themselves honestly and say, hey, um, you know, we can help the team best in the bullpen. And, you know, I think for Shannon, that's probably going to look like being the closer the way that he was a couple of years ago. And you think back to, you know, Shea Shanneman's best days in Nebraska uniform, they mostly were in relief. Um, you know, he had a few good starts in there too, but just the way his stuff plays and how he can get amped up and his, his wipeout slider works, like he's most effective in like an inning setting late in the game. And then Perry, um, you know, a lot of his value has been off the field. You think about that 2021 season when he was hurt most of the year, he was the guy who still went on road trips because coaches valued his presence among the team that much. And so now you have him back. You know, he could, you know, I suppose he could be a midweek guy. More likely he'll probably be a, a long reliever type on the weekends. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's all absolutely a reflection of the culture of Nebraska baseball. And I'd throw in Griffin Everett in that, mm-hmm. too. I mean, he was a guy 
who's who's been an absolute uh, you know workhorse for them the last couple of years. And I, I my hunch is you'll see him a little bit less at catcher this year with Josh Karen coming in and taking over that, and you'll see him maybe a little bit more at first, a little bit more at DH. So I do think you know it's one thing to to sort of say you want to have a better culture, but when you have guys who are changing what they do to for the betterment of the team, I mean that's that's what you're looking for. We're talking to Evan Bland. Evan, I remember about a month ago, you know, we were talking about all the newcomers, and we we were kind of stuck because it, it seemed like we had more players on the roster than we were allowed to have. So when do you think we're going to start figuring out which guys are, are staying? And then the guys that are over, you know, the guys that we can't put on the roster because we already got enough uh, players, what do you think happens with those guys? Well, they went into the new year with 46. They had to get down to 39. Uh, two of those players, um, Matthew Guthmiller and David Johnson, went the junior college route. And so that puts you at 44. Um, it looks like they're probably going to redshirt um, Hayden Lewis, who's a, a freshman coming in. And so he wouldn't count against them on the roster. And there might be another injury or two where the, the coaches look at the situation and say we're just going to redshirt this guy or, or, or you know he won't be available this year and so that would help limit it a little bit more so I don't think they're quite there they're probably still uh, a couple roster spots away they have to be where they need to be uh, by the time of the first game so they essentially have you know another another week plus to figure it out but uh, you know my sense of it is most most of these guys kind of know what the deal is by this point you've gone through fall ball you've had now a couple weeks of organized team activities um and and so there's probably some i would imagine some preparation behind the scenes for a couple of these other players who maybe won't be sticking around um to to go the junior college route or to end up somewhere where they can still play baseball this spring so i don't you know again i don't know that there's going to be any kind of shocking um, you know, roster move or anything like that, but they'll probably be maybe a player or two that still moves on. But I do think, um, you know, sometimes as, as the coaches like to say, these things work themselves out with injuries and things like that. So not that you want anybody to be hurt, but but that's just sort of how it works sometimes. And so I think, you know, that's honestly going to be as much of what will get them down to 39 as it will be, you know, uh, sending somebody off to play somewhere else. Again, we're speaking to Evan Bland on Mahal World Herald. Evan, when you look at this team's makeup, obviously there's been a lot noted about their, there's arm depth. Uh, but what's going to be the, because I think when you do things, you give up some things. And Nebraska lost some things last year when you look at, especially the defensive side, uh, compared to what a couple years ago when they were stellar defensively. And last year kind of took a little dip in that. But uh, what, when you look at that, what's going to be the, the, the major strong point going into this season on this team? Defensively speaking, yes. is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would start with the shortstop position. You think about Spencer Schwellenbach in 2021. I mean, he was like a major league quality shortstop mm-hmm. over there. He was not only making all the routine plays, but making plays to take away hits and take mm-hmm. away runs. And it, they they took a step back, quite honestly, last year with Bryce Matthews at that spot. I mean, to the point to where last summer Nebraska had had Bryce in his summer league playing some outfield and, and trying some different spots just to see where he might fit in. And by all accounts, he took that personally and has really uh, upgraded his defense, and, and now he's back as the projected shortstop this year. So I think you look for a big bump there. Um, they like their infield defense overall, like Dylan Carey at third base. He's a true freshman. He's been solid. Um, you know, their best fielder uh, in terms of how they track 
fielding percentage in the fall was Max Anderson. He's their second baseman now. That's where he's sort of settled in. Um, you know, in first base, it could be a lot of different guys, but I think Charlie Fisher might be the one, the, the Southern Miss transfer who ends up there. Uh, and then in the outfield, the big one is Casey Burnham. He's the Kansas transfer. He'll probably be the center fielder most days. And defensively, I think he reminds me a lot of Jackson Hallmark from a couple of years ago where he's got speed to burn, uh, you know, takes good paths to fly balls. You look at some of the things that he did at Kansas, he was a really sound defender there. And so when you have a, a center fielder who can cover that much ground, and he's a fifth-year guy who's been around and won't be flustered by big moments, then that makes everybody else out there better too. So it does seem like uh, the pitching will, will be on the – I'm sorry, the defense will be on the rise uh, along with the pitching. To me, the big question still is what does the lineup produce? But I do think sort of those familiar tenants that have helped Nebraska – getting to regionals in the in the recent past, um, pitching and defense do seem like they're going to be assets this season. We're talking to Evan Bland. Evan, let's move over to basketball, because last night we got a big win over Penn State, and Kisei Tomonaga is just very impressive. I want to ask you about maybe a goal for this team, because we're third to last in the standings, but we're not too far out from maybe playing our way to where we wouldn't have to play that first day in the Big Ten tournament. Do you think that's a solid goal for this team right now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, right. I mean, you're, you're, you're at a point in the year when some of the bigger, grander goals are feeling like long shots. And so you have injuries, you have all this stuff going on. So yeah, take, take a, a small step, make a, make a small goal, sort of the thing, and then move on to the next goal after that. And so beating Penn State, which had something to play for and still has something to play for, uh, you know, is, is a, is a big deal. And, and you look at down the stretch, I mean, Nebraska, I think proved yet again that it can hang with anybody at PBA from you know Purdue uh, last month to what they did against Penn State last night, and you're not going to have games uh, every every time out where you're hitting it whatever they hit 50 plus percent from the floor, uh, but you know to to see that that's in this team is encouraging, um, and just have some fun, right? Like. Have some fun, build some development for for future years. Jamarcus Lawrence looked good late. He had that big three that essentially sealed things for them. But you know, enjoy each other. Enjoy uh, what Derek Walker can do when Casey is hot. Um, you know, he's a showman. It's it's fun to be there and and to hang out. So I do. I think some of those small goals are are important um, just to just for this team to maybe show sort of the guts of what it is that it's not going to. Uh, you know, lay down and just sort of play out the string, but it, that it will show some fire and and um, you know adapt to the injuries and adapt to the adversity that they've had. So it was a fun game. I think it it sort of it was a little bit of a breath of fresh air for people who uh, it kind of felt like it was a trudge to the postseason and, and maybe a quick end of the year. And now you can have a little bit more fun again, a little more optimism to to see if they can stack on this. And I think that's the the thing about Nebraska basketball now this season, especially where it felt like man. Every time there's been a positive moment, it's just been so hard to sustain. And so maybe that's the next immediate step for this team is, okay, now it's had a little bit of success. Can it build on that as opposed to sort of another, you know, one step back, one step forward sort of deal? You know, on the basketball side, I know uh, with what you guys do and uh, us being on the on the, you know, on the airwaves here, uh, what's the overall, because you hear a lot of comments on both sides. It's either, yay, Fred, let's see this thing through, or no, Fred, we've seen enough. What's that feeling you get right now? Because I'm in the camp of uh, let's let this thing play out. And I said it was kind of a funny but yet sad, but like he hit his highest win total since he's been here, 11. 
right? Well, yeah, I mean, I, you wish you could have seen how this season would have played out without the the injuries to mm-hmm. Gary and Bandamel. Like, you just you, you wonder what that would have looked like, how many more wins they could have gotten, how much more this team could have leaned into its identity uh, as a defensive team. Now, you can argue, on the other hand, that, like, every team's going to have injuries, and how do you respond to that, and how do you have depth that, that accounts for that, um, and those are all fair, too. So I think in a situation where you can kind of make the case either way, that you sort of, in my opinion, you, you zoom out a little bit and you look at the at the athletic department as a whole and you say, man, you know, Nebraska just came out of a long coaching search in football. They made a hire there. Uh, I, do you want to make another big move um, in the other major men's team sport at this time? And, you know, I, I wonder if now is, is the time to do that. I, my, my leaning would be no at this point. They, they had a couple big wins early in the year, obviously Creighton and Iowa. Um, you know, those are those are against teams that are doing quite well right now, and that's going to impact those teams' uh, NCAA tournament seedings here next month. So I, I think you can't dismiss that. And, I, I, again, I think you look at what Fred Hoiberg has done just to sort of reinvent himself and his, his approach to winning basketball in his fourth year to, to become more of a defensive-oriented team and to go away from – sort of that, that pretty basketball that, that won games at Iowa State and that he tried the last few years, um, it seems to me that that was significant enough to give one more year at least to see what that looks like. Um, so that, that's kind of my leaning at this point, barring a total free fall and, and, and the wheels coming off here late. Uh, I, I think that there's been enough there that you continue this thing and see where it goes for another year. We're, we're talking to Evan Bland. Evan, we're not going to talk to you until next Monday after the Super Bowl, so it's only right to ask you right now for your Super Bowl prediction. Who who are you feeling? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I bet against the Eagles like all postseason. I feel like every week I've I've sort of thought that they were rife for an upset, and it just hasn't happened. Like they've just gotten stronger and stronger, and and you just look at what they did, you know, against San Francisco, even even down the quarterback, the way that they were. Like it's just such a, an impressive, dominant team. And so I can't help but think back to how the Chiefs uh, fared against Tampa Bay a couple of years ago with another ferocious defense on the other side. And while they're, the Chiefs' O-line is better than that one was, I, I still don't think it's it's a great O-line. And so to me, you know, I think you're going to see Hassan Reddick and, and some of those Eagles getting into the backfield a little bit. I think it'll be a close game. Um, but, I mean, the Eagles are just so deep, and we've seen – you know, especially if Patrick Mahomes isn't at 100% with that ankle, and, and he may be, but if he's not, I think that shows you, too, just how how little of a margin for error there is, um, you know, on the Chiefs' side of things as well. So you can't count out the star power, and he's a great quarterback, you know, an all-timer, but, uh, you know, I think my, my gut is, uh, is Eagles by a little bit, and, you know, you get another ring for Sue and, and, and Cam Jurgens and Jack Stoll, and, and Husker Nation would be pretty happy. Oh, man. Love it. So, all right, Evan, we appreciate your time on a Monday. Uh, have a great week, sir, and we'll talk to you after the Super Bowl. Thanks, guys. Thanks, See Evan. You, Evan Bland, I'm all World Herald right there. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Baseball, 11 days. 11 days. Mm-hmm. Can't wait, man. Can't wait to be out in San Diego. And I'm sure Evan will get a chance. We'll ask him on Monday, uh, next Monday, if he gets a chance to put his shorts on and go to San Diego. Wouldn't that be nice? He's so jealous. Yeah. So jealous. So, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour number one.